0: Hey, this is the Thrive Church podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Thrive Church Online. Happy Easter. We're so glad you're here. Whether you're joining us from Facebook, YouTube Live, we're so glad you are here. You know, I love what Cody was saying in worship, uh, Romans 8, 38 to 39, that nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus, which which is, there is nothing, nothing today that can separate you from the love of God. Know that he loves you, he's for you, and that if God is for you, who can be against you? Hey, if you're here for the first time checking out Thrive Church Online, one, I'm so glad you're here. Know there's a place for you and we'd love to connect with you. Uh, there's a link in the description we'd love for you to fill out called Connect. We'd love to get you to you some information and just connect with you. So the title of my message today uh, is called This Isn't How It Was Supposed to Go. This Isn't How It Was Supposed to Go. You know, Easter 2020 is not what anyone had expected like if you were to ask last year how would your easter go no one would have expected physical distancing no large gatherings with family uh with church everything going on with covid the economy plans being interrupted uncertain times has this thought ever crossed your mind in this in this time this isn't how it was supposed to go This isn't what I had planned for Easter 2020. This isn't how it was supposed to go. This isn't what I planned for 2020. This isn't how it was supposed to go. You know, if you've thought that in this last little bit, or maybe you've thought that today, you know, you actually have something in common, I believe, with the disciples on the very first Easter. Easter 0 AD, the very first Easter, those that followed Jesus, the disciples, they had that same thought. This isn't how it was supposed to be. The very first Easter Easter did not go how they had planned it. Now over 2000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus to the earth Jesus, a God in, in in flesh, in earth suit, uh, he came uh, before a mission because he loves you so that he could restore mankind to God. That's why he came. And Jesus, he came as a baby. He grew up. He impacted people teaching about the kingdom, doing miracles, healing people, setting people free, raising people from the dead, uh, healing sickness, turning like a few fish into many fish, many loaves. And no one was out ever the same after encountering Jesus. He chose twelve disciples, and these twelve disciples they gave up their careers to follow him, and many other people followed Jesus as well. And through Jesus discipling uh, them, teaching them, showing them how to do things, getting to know him, they said, "This guy, Jesus, this man, he is the Messiah." You know, Peter even said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." He's the Messiah, the one that was promised in prophecies hundreds of years ago. The one that every Jewish person was waiting for and looking for because the Messiah would deliver them, bring them hope, freedom, and life. And the followers of Jesus believe that he was the one. He was the Messiah. They had plans that he would deliver them from the current Roman uh, occupation and oppression. He was going to do a new, establish a new kingdom with no end. Zero AD was going to be their year. They had plans. They had good plans. You know, I'm sure the disciples maybe even felt like early investors of Amazon or Apple. We got in on the ground floor. This is going to be our year. We're going to be big. You know, they even thought about what position are they going to have in this new kingdom. So I can see these 12 disciples or at least 11 of them who followed Jesus, having hopes, having plans of future, of how things were going to look in the future, making plans of how it was going to look, how this new kingdom was going to be. And then something interrupted their plans and hopes. On the first Easter, things did not go how the disciples thought they would what happened left them feeling uncertain, having fear, and lose hope. On the day, uh, one day after supper, Jesus and his disciples went to a garden to pray. And they, as they were praying, Jesus withdrew himself to be with the Father. The disciples, they had great sorrow, and so they fell asleep. And as they were praying, or as Jesus was praying, a great uh, mob came led by Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, someone that Jesus poured his life into, and the mob arrested Jesus, and Jesus was beaten so badly that, that the Bible says that he didn't even resemble a man, and he was brought, accusations were brought against him. He was accused of things he didn't do, and he was sentenced to death on a cross, Now, this wasn't a shock to Jesus. Actually, through the whole three years of his public ministry, he'd been talking about this. He'd been saying, hey, I'm going to die. I I need to go and something better will come. He was talking about this the whole time. Yet, this is not how the disciples thought it would go. As Jesus is brought to the hill of Golgotha to be crucified, people following him, mourning the disciples following the one they had hoped was the Messiah, the one that they thought this is going to be the one that would free us. And they stood there and they saw his hands laid out on the cross and then stakes driven through his hands onto the cross. His feet put onto the the cross and then a stake driven through there and Jesus is on a cross. Then the cross is raised up and this is where we see in Luke 23, It says, Luke 23, by this time, it was about noon and the darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone and suddenly uh, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last breath. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshiped God saying, surely this man was innocent. And when the crowd that had come to see the crucifixion saw what happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including the women who followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. You know, the disciples watched from a distance Jesus breathing his last breath, hanging on the cross. And they were devastated. This isn't how it was supposed to go. This isn't how it was supposed to go. This isn't how how we planned it, how I planned it. This isn't how it was supposed to be. He was supposed to establish a kingdom, and now he's dead, and they're taking him to a tomb. We hoped he would be the one, uh, and, and now our hope is dead. You know, the first Easter in the moment, in the middle of Easter, was probably the worst Easter and not how they thought it was supposed to go. The hope they had was gone. They felt hopeless. They felt uncertain of what is that next step? They had fear. Their plans were interrupted. We had hoped he was the one. You know, Easter 0 A.D., People felt very similar, I think, to many people, how they're feeling in Easter 2020, where they've lost hope. Maybe things feel a little uncertain. Maybe anxiety. Plans have been interrupted and changed. Maybe you've lost your job and you're uncertain about the future. Easter 2020, if you're thinking, this isn't how it was supposed to go. 2020 wasn't supposed to be like this. Maybe today you're feeling like those disciples in that moment in the middle of the Easter story, where this isn't how it was supposed to go. Now, the good news is the Easter story does not stop there. The Easter story does not stop in the middle of hopelessness, in the middle of where the disciples feel fear and uncertain. And I want to tell you today that your story doesn't stop here today either. This is not the end of your story. Three days later, women went to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus with spices. It was part of their custom. And one of the spices they were actually carrying uh, was myrrh. And myrrh was used to anoint uh, dead bodies, people who had passed away. And I think it's not an accident that a gift given to a baby was myrrh, one for burial, because... That baby, the whole purpose of Jesus coming as a baby was really for the cross. So these ladies were going to put uh, spices and perfume on, on the dead body, but when they got there, something was wrong. Something was different. The stone was rolled away. They went in, they looked around, and Jesus was not there. Jesus wasn't there. Then the Bible says, suddenly an angel came and he said, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And then in Luke 24, it goes on. It says, the angel said, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Now the women ran and told the disciples, he is risen, he is risen, Jesus is risen. And then throughout the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we see Jesus that he, right now everything's canceled, right? In society, everything's canceled. Jesus cancels death. He says, uh-uh, death is canceled, he conquers death, the grave, and he rises again on the third day. And he and we see in all these different gospels that he goes then around and he makes appearances, he shows up to the disciples. And when Jesus comes to the disciples, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, before they encounter him, as he's resurrected, he's they're afraid, they're uncertain, some of them are devastated. But then Jesus, who is resurrected, comes shows them his hands, comes into their presence. And know what? He brings something. He brings peace. He brings certainty. He brings hope. You know, one of the accounts of Jesus appearing to some of uh, the disciples and Jesus' followers was in John 20. In John 20, 19, it goes like this. That evening, the disciples gathered together, and because they were afraid of the reprisals from the Jewish leaders, they had locked the doors to the place they were. They met. But suddenly Jesus appeared among them and said, Peace to you. Then he showed them the wounds on his hands and side. They were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus repeated his greeting, Peace to you. And he told them, Just as the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. Then, taking a deep breath, he blew. On them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, the disciples had fear. They had uncertainty. The scripture there says they were locked behind doors for fear. But then what happened is when Jesus came, he replaced fear with his joy. He replaced fear with his hope. He replaced fear with his living hope, his certainty in the uncertain times. You know, hope is not wishful thinking. It's it's not, I hope these plans. When Jesus rose from the dead, he provided a living hope. He provided a living hope. Peter describes the resurrection of Jesus this way. In 1 Peter 1, 3, it says, Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy for his faithfulness. Fountain of mercy has been given us, has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience it, a living, energetic hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we are reborn into a perfect inheritance that we can ne- that can never perish, never be defiled and never diminish. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. Today, you have a living hope, a living hope. This living hope Peter is talking about is present certainty of future prospects. That regardless of what's happening around you right now, what's happening around us right now, in Jesus, there is present certainty for future prospects and assurance of what God has promised he will do. The living hope of a relationship with God that eternity with him and experience his goodness on this earth experience his goodness on this earth john 10:9 to 10 it says this jesus is saying i'm the gateway to to enter through me is to experience life freedom and satisfaction a thief only has one thing in mind he wants to steal slaughter and destroy but I've come to to give you everything in abundance more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow, until you overflow. You know, Jesus came so that you can experience true life, full life, life in its fullness, full peace, wholeness, certainty in him, provision, joy, to really thrive in every area of your life. And that's not set by what's happening on around you it's not it's not based on what's happening around you it is set and determined by jesus and what he did on the cross taking your place in my place and now that we can have a covenant with him so that you and i can now do life with him and have a living hope present certainty for a uh, of future prospects and assurance that what God has promised for you, he will do. You know, in the middle of the first ever Easter story, hope was lost, fear, anxiety, uncertainty. This was not what they're expecting, but the story did not end there. The story did not end there. When Jesus rose from the dead, he brought living hope into their lives, into the disciples' lives a hope that, that they can count on, that will never fail. That's not a theological concept, a living hope that is not just a concept, but a person named Jesus he brought peace, wholeness. Jesus provided present certainty of future prospects, assurance that God would do what he said he would do. Today, you might be thinking, this isn't how it was supposed to go. 2020, this isn't how it was supposed to go. Easter 2020, right now on Easter 2020, you might be thinking, this isn't how it was supposed to go. You might feel hopeless. Maybe you feel some fear, anxiety, uncertainty. Today, I wanna tell you, your story is not over. This is not the end of your story. This isn't your final destination. You know, the storms of life may be raging around you, but this isn't your end. Just as when Jesus came to the disciples, they experienced peace, encouragement, and they encountered living hope. Jesus has come so that you in the midst of the storms of life, in the midst of everything going on, that you can experience his peace, his hope, his joy. He's come so that you can have certainty and uncertainty, peace that's anchored in him and not anchored in what's happening around. Protection for you and your family, healing physically, emotionally. God is working on your behalf today. Now, what I find is interesting is so when Jesus went to the grave after the cross, the disciples, they're freaked out, they're worried, they're uncertain. How is this going to happen? I don't know my future prospects. The whole time they're worrying, you know what Jesus is doing? He's working. He is in the grave, conquering death, working behind the scenes where the disciples don't even know it, but Jesus is working to bring them a living hope, to, to cancel death and to rise again. Today, I want to encourage you that, you know what, maybe the situations don't look good, don't look... You don't know how am I gonna get out of this or what is, what's going to happen? I wanna encourage you today. Jesus is working behind the scenes. God is on your side. If God is for you, who can be against you? God is working on your behalf. He's lining things up for you. He is faithful. The word of God says that all of God's promises are yes and amen. If God gave Jesus for you, he is not gonna hold anything back. Know that he is working on your behalf. He is there for you and he's working. Maybe you, not, you don't see it right now, but know this, he is working for you. There is certainty in life now that we, we know that he is there. We have certainty for eternity and certainty for right now. In the midst of everything going on in life, in our world today, maybe where things aren't going as you thought they would, maybe where there's moments of fear, where, where hope has been lost, I wanna encourage you, you can do life with Jesus. You can experience him, his wholeness, his peace that he's provided for you. You know, Matthew 11, it says this. Jesus is saying, I love how it says it here. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Come to me, get away with me. I'll teach you how to live freely and lightly. You know, life, this life right now was not meant or designed to be lived alone. You were created and designed to be in a relationship with Jesus. In this scripture, Jesus invites us to come to him, get away with him and that he will give us rest he will give you peace. He will give you peace that doesn't even make sense with what's going on around you. You know, the, where we're filming right now, we're, we're in my living room and I'm in your living room. And I love that we're able to connect this way. Uh, I've been living in this house for, for, I think about three years now. And I'm so thankful we've got some amazing neighbors. And there's this one neighbor, he always Like, it seems like every second day, he's always barbecuing or smoking meat. And how I know this is it, I don't know how, but it seems like the wind is always blowing from his house to my house, and I'm always smelling this amazing, amazing smell, and I'm like, (sighs) Adam is barbecuing or smoking something right now, and it smells amazing. Now, I've been smelling this for three years. And I'm pretty sure I know every single time he's he's grilling because I can smell it is so good. And, and I've been smelling this for three years, but actually this past week, uh, they came by and dropped off a meal for Natalie and I. We had one of those weeks where uh, Thing, I didn't think that things were supposed to go this way, but it was one of those weeks. And so our neighbors were amazing. They dropped off this steak, they dropped off like thrice baked potatoes, and they dropped off asparagus. Mm, mm. Like perfect meal right there, love it. So I dug in and, and I ate the first bite and I said, whoa, wow, this is even better than what it smelt like. Those three years that I've been smelling, this is over the top. I'm pretty sure I used wow about 20 times. Best steak I've ever had, best potatoes by, f- oh my goodness, but the potatoes. Somebody's like, oh, I'm gonna have potatoes for Easter dinner, but it was so good. But for three years, I was just smelling. I was smelling it and it was it was a good smell. But it had nothing compared to when I tasted and partook of it and I really realized how good it was. You know, I think when it comes to Jesus, that you can hear about him, hear about his goodness, that you can, you can hear about his peace, hear about the purpose that he has for your life, you know, that he is good. Maybe you even see people in your life that, maybe this is why you're watching the stream right now is because someone in your life Uh, is a Christian and follows Jesus. And you can be hearing about Jesus. But if it stops there, I just want to tell you, you're missing out. It's like just smelling the barbecue and never tasting it. You know, instead, I want to encourage you to taste his goodness, his love, to experience him by having a relationship with him not just hear about him or say hi to him on Easter because that's good, but I wanna encourage you, there's something better and that's a relationship with Jesus that you can do life daily with him, that you can actually experience life with him. And as you do, it'll be like me in the barbecue where I'm like, whoa, this is way better than what I heard about. This is way better than what everybody was advertising. I don't necessarily have words to say how good it is, but it is so good. And that's how Jesus is. That you can taste and see that he is good. That he is for you. That he loves you. And that as you have a relationship with him, you'll experience peace that doesn't make sense. That goes beyond all understanding. You'll have joy. You'll you'll have purpose. You'll have fulfillment. And you'll experience a love that is unconditional because God loves you. He loves you. Today, know he loves you. That's why Jesus went to the cross, was for this very reason, because he loves you, and he wants you and him to do life together, to be in a relationship, and then to have eternity together. You know, just like those disciples where in, in the moment they felt fear, they felt uncertainty, they felt Hopeless, but when Jesus came, peace came, certainty came. Today, in the midst of everything going on, you can say, Jesus, I wanna do life with you. And in the midst of everything, he will bring you certainty, he'll bring you peace, he'll bring you hope, a living hope, an anchored hope. I want to give you the opportunity if you've never made jesus lord of your life if you've said i have never but i want to i want to give you an opportunity to make jesus lord of your life start living life with jesus or maybe you you've lived life with jesus but today you want to take the opportunity of saying you know what life just happened i sort of but today i want to recommit my life to jesus i want to give you that opportunity right now you can repeat after me if that's you Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, rising again so that I can have a living hope. Thank you for loving me, for choosing me, for your plans, your purposes for me. Today I make you Lord of my life. I give you my cares. I give you my worries, my fears. I give you my heart fill me with your love and your presence in jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer hey heaven right now is rejoicing heaven is rejoicing and know what i would love to connect with you if you've prayed that prayer hey click that connect button or send us in the chat. We'd love to connect with you, let you know what happened. Right now, heaven is rejoicing that that is the whole reason Jesus came is so that you can have a relationship with him. That's the whole purpose of this Easter story was that moment right there when you said yes to Jesus. Today, know that he loves you, that, that he is for you, and that know what? Things might not be going as you thought they would go, but you can have hope, peace, and assurance in him. I'm just going to pray for you before we go. Father, I just thank you for every single person joining in with Thrive Church. Father, I thank you that you love them, that you are for them. Father, I thank you um, for your peace to just fill hearts. Father, I thank you that they would know today how much you love them, Father, where there's a fear or anxiety, Father, I just ask that you'd fill their hearts with your love, Father. And Father, I just pray that today that they would be reminded that you are with them. And if God, if you are with us, who can be against us? In Jesus name, amen. Thank you for listening to Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us a Sunday soon. For more information about Thrive Church, you can go to our website, thrivecalgary.ca. See you next time.